0: Well good morning. good morning, God is good, all the time. and all the time, amen. Well it is a joy to be here this morning. have got a few announcements for you. Uh, our new members class is starting on June 11th, the 18th and the 25th. Love for you to come and be a part. This is an opportunity for you to hear more about Luke 418 and all the ministries that are taking place and how Luke 418 came about almost what, 15 years ago. How incredible is that? Also, we are closing on the land, hopefully this week. We're so excited. Are y'all excited? Amen. So with that being said, I've told you multiple times that there are three ways right now that you can be involved. One is to be praying as we are putting together a master plan uh, for the land. I'm asking for you to pray for wisdom and guidance during this time. The second thing is is that you can go online and you can fill out uh, information and share with us your thoughts and ideas uh, about the land. So that we can uh, comprise all of those together and pray over that. You can also fill that out at the welcome table. We'd love to hear thoughts and ideas that you have. And then the last way is, is that next Sunday I've been asking all month that we would pray over what the Lord is calling us to give towards the land, to be able to purchase the land. And next Sunday, we're going to have a day of giving on the 28th. Love for that to be a day for us to bring. I know many people have brought stuff in uh, throughout the last few weeks, but next week's going to be a day specifically for giving towards the land. Super excited that we're going to be able to close soon and get started. Um, and for those who don't know, we're talking about the 14 and a half acres that is right to our my left, your right, right over here where the horses used to be. All that area, We're so excited about what God's going to do. Also, want you to know that this Wednesday night, May twenty fourth, is our last Wednesday night for supper until the fall. So just uh, go on and prepare for that. The next week, you're going to probably want to eat before you come. Also, Discovery Camp kids, Discovery Camp tracks are filling up. Uh, Melanie shared that if you have not registered your child or grandchild yet, flyers are at the kids' desk. That's over here. It's June 19th to the 23rd, 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., and the cost is $25. So make sure that you let them know so that we can uh, get that all taken care of. I do want to share one more thing with you, and then I'm going to pass this to Brother Matthew as we have our senior recognition today. But I ask that you be praying for me. I have been asked to go to uh, DC in June for just one day to open Congress in prayer. And so I want to, well, well, thank you. So on June 23rd at 9 a.m., I'm going to be on the floor with Congress opening them in a time of prayer. And I just ask, uh, I actually have to uh, submit that for the congressional records beforehand. So I ask that y'all be praying as I pray over, Lord, exactly what do you want me to speak in that prayer? I'm um, super excited. It's an honor, but I will tell you the greatest honor is to stand right here and to proclaim God's truth and His Word every day. But I ask you to be praying for me and, uh, during that time. And now we're going to have uh, Brother Matthew come up as we do our senior recognition. Well, good morning. It is a privilege this morning that we get to recognize our senior, Ryan Redden. Ryan, if you'll come on up here, Ryan is the son of Rick and Shirley Redden. We got to have a great dinner last night and enjoy some food together. Ryan's plan after graduation, at graduating, I guess beginning of May, end of April, um, his plan is this fall to go into the Navy and serve our country in that capacity. And so, Ryan, we are excited for you. With that, we'll give you a book that I love to give all of our graduates, Ten Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity. And so our prayer for you in that is that you read that and kind of solidify those answers as you go in the Navy and throughout the rest of your life to be solid in your faith. Brother Dave, you want to come and pray for him this morning? Absolutely. You know, it's kind of cool that last year we saw quite a few seniors. This year we have one and one from college, right? Or then we have one from another that could not be here. But we have such a young youth group and college group. Um, God has been blessing. And as you head off, uh, God has called you to continue to proclaim the truth of God's word to all those around as you serve God and and, and bring people into the kingdom of God by proclaiming that truth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, it is a joy. Lord, the scripture tells us that we are called to Raise them up in the way they should go, Lord. The scripture says that, that children are like arrows being shot out from the warrior. Uh, Father, we recognize that as Ryan goes forth, that, Lord, that, that we are sending him out as a, as a missionary, wherever he goes, to proclaim your truth. Uh, Father, as he endeavors upon uh, going into the, the Navy, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen him in the inner man, according to the riches of your glory, so that Christ may dwell richly in his heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would give him the words to speak, that when he opens his mouth, that the Holy Spirit proclaims through him the goodness of God. Father, I pray for his family, Lord, that as, as he steps out, Lord, that, that you would give them the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But, Father, most of all, I pray that your name will be glorified by the way that he lives his life, reflecting the image and character of you. Oh Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory, for it's in your holy name, the name above all names, the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Can we tell Ryan one more time how excited we are for him that he's graduated? And we know that the Holy Spirit will be with him wherever he goes. Amen. In Christ, we are a new creation. We went from death to life, and that's what we celebrate today. Would you stand? Welcome someone around you to Luke 14 Fellowship as we sing today. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind
2: of
3: weight?
1: It was my tomb till I
3: met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. Was mine too, till I met you. You called. soul, amen, now your freedom is all that I know, the old made new, Jesus when I
1: I needed rescue, my sin was
3: heavy, but chains break as the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. Cause when you call
1: Death to life, but we have been given a hope that cannot be taken away, that we're in the palm of His hand. He is our hope, and in life and in death. What is our hope in life and death?
3: Christ alone. he lives, lives. amen, Christ He he lives, and what reward.
1: today. For those that are in Christ, we have that hope. But there is coming a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. All things will become new. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, a new heaven and a new earth. We long for that day, but we know that our work is not yet finished. Until the sky opens, we see him coming on the clouds. We do the work and all creatures we pray that they will praise Him one day. Let's sing. All creatures of our God and King, lift
3: up your voice and with us sing. Oh,
1: In our strength, and every breath comes from you today, and we praise you for it. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised in this place. You give life, you are love, you
3: bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore. Every heart that is broken
1: in spirit and in truth today walking according to your word getting to know one another as the family of God and praising your name together to all the earth that will shout your name
3: and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great Your place our hearts will cry, these bones will
1: you, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. Dearly, Father, there is one name that is above every name, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. You are love. You are light. You are the way, the only way to the Father. We celebrate that today. We connect our entire life to that one truth because of the hope that we found, because of the the salvation that is there for us, that free gift. We thank you for loving us all the way to Calvary, Lord. And now we know that you are not dead. You rose again. And you're seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, singing over us today. We pray that we would give you back just a portion of what, Uh, You have done for us with all of our praise, our entire mind, soul, and strength. We give you our song today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, The Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, that you would lay down your life for a friend. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. And so we have a new arrangement of the hymn, My Savior's Love, today.
2: Turn
0: two times in three weeks. That was awesome. Well, praise the Lord. I failed to mention at the beginning, I do apologize, we have some guests here today. Pasco Ministry is here with us. Where's Pasco? Where are they? Right there in the back. I just wanted you to know how thankful we are for y'all being here with us. Pasco is a ministry that... um, We have been supporting and just praise the Lord for all that God is doing in and through the ministry. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do open up to Matthew 7, believe it or not, we're almost done with the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I I think that Ephesians may not be the longest book in the Bible any longer. Now it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which that doesn't make sense because that's only a portion of it. But anyways, we're going to look at what I would consider probably one of the hardest messages or hardest scriptures to teach on. This is one that many of you can probably quote where it says many will say Lord, Lord on that day and he'll say depart from me for I do not know you or I never knew you. You know as we look at this my prayer today is that nobody leaves with doubt but that you leave today knowing that you are in Christ Jesus. Knowing that you are secure in Christ christ but jesus spoke this and it is a very sobering thought that there are those that will get to the judgment seat of christ and here depart from me though they thought that they had done all these things so we're going to look at this today we have been closing the sermon on the mount in matthew 7 recognizing that the overarching theme of this chapter is that god is the final judge That's the reason at the beginning of the chapter it says that we're not called to judge. Ultimately, we're not the final judge. That's God and God alone. We've seen throughout this that in this God being the final judge, that there's two gates, there's two paths, and there's two destinations. Now, I will remind you that those two destinations first end at the same place, at the judgment seat of Christ. But then there are two final destinations, the lake of fire, which is the second death, and eternal life, In heaven. Then we saw two weeks ago or three weeks ago that we are told to beware of false prophets, that they will lead you down the wrong path, the wide path that leads to destruction. We saw that you'll recognize them by their fruit. There's two trees. Right, And it's not that you recognize them by looking at the tree, but you recognize them by looking at the fruit. A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. And I remind you again that Jesus spoke this twice in that passage. Twice he said, you shall know them by their fruit. Today, we come to what I consider the hardest passage in this scripture. Jesus is now speaking Of this final judgment. So let's read Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day Lord, Lord did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Let's pray. Father, I ask today that you would search our heart. That you would know us. That you would show us anything that is against you. That we may repent and turn to you. Father, I pray that if there's anyone in this room today who does not truly know you as Lord and Savior... That today would be the day of salvation. I pray that no one would deceive themselves today. But they would let the Spirit of God search their heart. That they may walk in obedience of your truth. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart to obey. As we look at this passage. For it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Two weeks ago, we saw, as I just spoke to you, that there are two destinations from the two different paths. Both paths, as I shared, leads to this final judgment, but then they depart from each other. The wide path leads to destruction, which is called the lake of fire, which is the second death. But the narrow path leads to life, which is eternal life with Christ. And now Jesus is specifically in this passage speaking of this final judgment he's speaking of the great white throne judgment that we see in Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15. So let's read this and see what's going to happen in that day. It says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades was thrown into the lake of fire." This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Church, we must see here that Jesus is speaking of this final judgment. In this final judgment, every person will go before the throne of God. Every person will go before the throne of God. We must remember that this whole chapter is talking about this final judgment. Here we see this. And the question in Revelation 20, 11 through 15 is, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? It says here, those whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those whose name are not written into the Lamb's book of life, it says that they will be thrown into the lake of fire which is the second death. The book of life is all those names of anyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Those who have submitted to the Lordship of Christ. I I go back to this question, is your name in the Lamb's book of life? And we're going to try to answer that today through Matthew 7. Let me read to you again Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Some will say, Lord, Lord, did I not do all these things? Did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? In your name perform many miracles and then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, this is tough because I just told you that those who submit to the lordship of Christ, their names are in the Lamb's book of life. But now Jesus is saying many who say, Lord, Lord, will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And not only that these people will not enter, but these are, not only did they say that they say, Lord, Lord, but they also did works in the name of Jesus. So how do we know if your name is in the book of life or not? And we must look at what Jesus speaks specifically in this passage. In Matthew 7, he says, Not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does what? The will of the Father. I want you to just underline that. Those who do the will of the Father. Well, if those are the ones who will enter the kingdom of heaven, and those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life, then those who do the will of the Father are those whose names are in the Lamb's book of life. So what is the will of the Father? Let's look at that closely. Jesus speaks in John 6 about himself. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me. That all he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up in the last day. Now, look at this passage very clearly, closely. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son... And what? Believes. Let's say that together. And believes. In him will have eternal life. And myself will raise him up on the last day. So what do we see here is the will of the Father. That those would recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. And that they would believe and submit to the Lordship of Christ. Those who behold the Son and what? Believe. Let me go even further. What is the will of the Father? Jesus gives this incredible parable in Matthew 21. And this parable in Matthew 21 really comforts my heart. Because Matthew 7 has been one of the toughest messages, one of the toughest passages that I've ever tried to preach on or even study. It says this in Matthew 21, 28 through 32. Jesus, after speaking to the Pharisees, he says this. He says, what do you think? A man had two sons. He came to the first son. Son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted it and went. Verse 30. The man came to the second son, said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you that the tax collectors and the prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not what? Believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did believe him. And you seeing this did not even feel remorse after so as to believe him. So what do we see is the will of the Father. The will of the Father is for people to recognize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, that he died on the cross for sinners such as I, and to believe and submit to his Lordship. See, in this parable, there are two sons, and they represent two groups of people. They represent the Pharisees, those who confessed God, Right? As Lord, they confessed God, they did righteous things. And then it, the, the other son was the sinners or the tax collectors and the prostitutes. The Pharisees over here confessed, but didn't truly go. The sinners, the prostitutes and the, 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 the what was the word, tax collectors, they at first said no, but then recognized and went. It says in the passage, they ultimately confessed because they went and they, what? Believed. So what is the difference here? The Pharisees said, I will go, but did not. The sinners said, I will not go, but later regretted it and said that they would go. What is the difference? Jesus tells us in this parable that one son truly believed and the other did not. This can be described for me as The difference between religion and a relationship. The difference between religion and a relationship. So let's look at this for a moment. Let's look at these two according to Matthew 7. First, we see religion. It is that of the Pharisees, the son who said, I will go, but then he did not. They have a confession, but they would not go and do the work. They had a confession, but they truly did not believe. Think about the difficulty of this statement. When Jesus said that your righteousness, your righteousness must be greater than who? The scribes and the Pharisees. For you will not enter the kingdom, or you will not enter the kingdom of God. Listen, the Pharisees were known for their works. They were known for their confessions. Remember everyone knew how devoted they were to God. Jesus warned in Matthew 6, don't pray like the Pharisees. The Pharisees prayed in a manner to show their devotion and their confession to not only to God and to people. He said don't don't fast like they do why because they wanted to show their works and their devotion to show how much they deserve heaven well not only that but think about the prayer of the pharisee in luke 18 with the 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 pharisee and the the publican the pharisee would stood and was praying this to himself god i thank you that i'm not like other people Swindlers, unjust adulterers, or even like the tax collector—for I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes of all that I get. At church, in this moment, we see someone who is confessing, but truly does not believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. There is a—they conf- confess that God. They confess God, but they do not truly believe in his son. They do not truly believe that that God's son, Jesus, paid the price for their sin. And look at how Jesus describes them in Matthew 23. And in Matthew 23, you have the the woes to the Pharisees, right? Right? And it says this in 23, verse 27 and 28, "Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but on the inside they are full of dead men's bones and are all and all uncleanliness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and what? Here's that word, again, lawlessness and lawlessness. Church, what we see here. Is that people can be very religious and their heart be far from God. People can be very religious and they can do a whole lot of activities. But their whole focus in doing good is to show how they deserve heaven. Church, I tell you all the time, David, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. And you all know, I did hear that from Dave Ramsey. But I say that because I deserve hell. I I deserve hell. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ upon the cross, He's purchased me and redeemed me. And now, instead of the destination of the lake of fire, my destination is in heaven with Christ. Not on my works. Not because I deserve it, but because of the finished work of Jesus. Church, we see here in Matthew 7, many will say, Lord, Lord. It's scary that the word is many. Not some. Many will say, Lord, Lord, on that day. Hey, I confessed. I confessed. I believe that, 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 that I got to do all these things. And, and I did all these things. But the problem is, is that their heart was never truly submitted to the lordship of Christ. You know, I lived in Illinois for a couple years until I couldn't handle the the, the Winter. And I will tell you that ministry in Illinois is different than ministry in Mobile. But let me tell you why. Because in Illinois, if you claim to be a Christian, you probably truly were a Christian. But when you come down to the south in the belt buckle of the Bible belt, most people call themselves a what? A Christian. Most people confess that Jesus or that they follow Christ. Most people have this confession and and are members of the church and, and do good charitable works. But there's several people whose hearts are far from him. Their devotion is to show that they deserve. Their devotion is to prove that they're good enough. It's almost a works based religion. But see, up in Illinois, I knew who was lost and who was saved. Because you didn't gain much up there if you told people you were a Christian. But see, when we come down south, we have to deal with the fact that everybody says, oh, I'm a Christian. I had somebody tell me the other day, I'm a Christian because I was born a Christian. I was like, well, the scripture says you were born a sinner. See, in the south... So many people confess Christ. They say that they are a Christian. They're a Christ follower. But it's a simple confession and there's no submission. There's no true belief. They may do good works, but their heart is to show God how devoted they are to him. Church, can I tell you that a mindset that is to show God how devoted they are? is missing it. Because a mindset that's trying to show God how devoted they are is trying to earn God's approval. Church, God knows your heart. We're not sitting here having to say, okay, have I showed him enough? Let me tell you something, he knows your heart better than you do. See, a true believer understands that they are who they are and they do what they do solely based on the blood of Jesus Christ, on the power of the Holy Spirit, on the holiness of God. The good that is in them is the Holy Spirit working through them. The devotion is not to show God how much they love Him. Their devotion is an overflow of a changed heart. It's all about God. So we see, many will say, Lord, Lord, on that day, and He'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You were very religious. You even had a confession. You may have even prayed this or, or prayed that prayer. But the reality of it is your heart was far from him. Your works were devoted to show me how you deserve heaven. And let me just tell you, you don't deserve heaven. It's by Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, that you deserve heaven. Church, there's religion all over this nation and all over this world. I love what brother Fred told me years before he passed away. He said, "David, when you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised at some of the people that are there." But then he also said you're also going to be surprised at some of the people who aren't there. And I was like, "Wow, that's that's kind of a scary truth." So we recognize here that that there are those who are practicing religion, but do they have a relationship? Let me go back to to the parable in Matthew 21. The ones who had a true relationship with Christ are those who truly what? Believed. Those who truly believed. And we'll see here in a minute that true belief leads to a submission to the lordship of Christ. Uh, See, now we see that there's religion, but let me look at now the relationship. Who were those in the parable who represent someone who has a relationship? It was the prostitutes and the tax collectors. They recognized that they were sinners in need of a Savior. They had a confession, but their confession went further to a true belief. So let me take just a moment. The Romans wrote gives us uh, in many places in scripture gives us how to be saved the romans road tells us in romans 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god in romans six twenty three, it says that the wages of sin is what death with the free gift of life is a uh, free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord It says in Romans 5, 8 that God demonstrated his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then when you're walking through the Romans road, first, you recognize we're all sinners. Second, we recognize that that sin has brought about death in our life. Third, we recognize that God's love sent his son to pay the price for our sin. But then you get to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And let's look at this. If you what? Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And what? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you shall or will be saved. Verse 10 says this. It says, for with a heart, with a heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. I love what verse 11 says. For the scripture says, whoever, what? believes in him will not be disappointed we must recognize that it's not simply a confession it's a confession that believes that jesus truly is who he says he is that brings about a submission to the lordship of christ this brings about that relationship i've told you many many times that at the cross jesus said that that it is finished and and he was talking about the sacrifice right the sacrifice is finished as he gave his life for you and for me but he was also saying it is finished the religious basis of sacrificing animals and all these things it was finished the veil had been torn from top to bottom and it's no longer religion it's now a relationship through the blood of jesus christ he even says this in John 5. Jesus says truly truly I say to you he who hears my word and what believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. Church can I ask you this question today have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord but have you truly believed in your heart that God raised him? from the dead. Because the scripture tells us in Matthew 7 that there are going to be some who are going to have a real big shock on the day of judgment. I did all these things. I confessed. And they're going to hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. The question today, the question today is have you truly confessed Jesus as Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The scripture says, Then you shall be saved. Church, can we, in the last 10 minutes today, can we just truly examine our heart today? I don't want anybody to have doubt of their salvation, but at the same time, I don't want anybody to be deceived. Are you willing to examine your heart? You know our human response to examining our heart, heart is often fear of what we're going to find. And so because we have fear of what we're going to find you know what we often do? Push it off till tomorrow. We say you know what I'm just going to ignore it. We even like to get real busy. I love what Brother Richard Atwell says, Busyness is being under Satan's joke." Think about this for a second. We like to just fill ourselves with so much stuff that we don't have to think about it. But can I tell you, you can ignore examining your heart, but you'll not keep yourself from going before the judgment seat of God. You can ignore all day long, but there's going to come a day that you will stand before the throne of God and your heart will be laid bare before him. See, the scripture tells us in Psalm 139, 23, and 24. And I think this should be our prayer as we examine our heart here. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting Way. So we pray that. We ask God to search our heart, to show us if there is uh, religion instead of relationship in our life. If we are focused more on trying to prove that that we are good enough or, or that we just have a confession without a true belief and submission. And so Father, I pray that you would show that to each of us today, starting with me. True belief, remember the question here is Have you confessed and truly believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior? True belief will lead to the submitting to the Lordship of Christ. If you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you truly believe that your sin has a wage, and that wage is death. If you truly believe that Jesus bore our sin on the cross, if you truly believe that upon the cross, the judgment upon us was satisfied by the sacrifice of the Son of God, and if you truly believe that Jesus died on the cross but rose again on the third day, if you truly believe all of that, then it will put, lead you to a place of submitting under the lordship of Christ. I don't know, there is no way, I'll say it this way, there is no way for you not to if you truly believe all that I just shared, there is no way for you not to say that I submit under the Lordship of Christ. If you say, well, you know, like, listen, I believe all that, but, but I don't have to give him my whole life. Well, listen, you just said that Jesus is the Son of God, perfect, holy, died for you, rose again on the third day, and you uh, are, are now saying that, that you don't need that? then you don't truly believe it. True belief will lead to a submission to Jesus being the Lord of our life. And Brother Fred said it all the time. I know he was quoting somebody, and I don't know who it was, so I'm just going to say Brother Fred said it. But Brother Fred said all the time, if he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. Many will say Lord, Lord on that day. If he's not Lord of all, Church, if you truly believe in the gospel, it will bring you to a place of submission to the lordship of Christ. Submitting your life under the lordship of Christ means that you give him all authority. You lay it all before him. The only thing that you can bring to God is the sin that separated you from God. You lay your life down and say, Father, my life is yours. It's all yours. You lead me. You guide me. You direct me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and let the fruit of righteousness come forth. The fruit of the Spirit come forth from my life, not in my power, not in my strength, but by the Holy Spirit as I abide and dwell in you. But let's go a little bit further. If you truly believe in the gospel then you will place, you will submit yourself to the lordship of Christ. And if you submit yourself to the lordship of Christ, then you will believe and follow the entirety of his word. Let me just say this again. If you submit to the lordship of Christ, you're not going to sit here and say, well, you know what, I'm going to take this part out and this part out. If you truly submit to the Lordship of Christ, you're going to believe the entirety of this word, that it is God's breath, as it says. God breathed, God inspired, God spoken and useful for teaching, correcting, so that every man would be be well equipped, be equipped for every good work. In church, we must recognize that we must Believe the entirety of his word. Let me explain to you why. John chapter 1 says this the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. Who was John speaking about? The word became flesh, Jesus. So if you say that parts of this isn't true, do you truly believe in Jesus? Let me just say it again. If you say that, hey, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus, the Word, right? And now you're saying, well, there's parts of this that isn't true. Have you truly submitted and believed that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah? The Word became flesh. Church, you can't have it both ways. Now you may say, but, but David, there's hard things in the Scriptures. Absolutely there's hard things in the scripture. But when you have submitted under the Lordship of Christ, you recognize that God is good and right and pure and holy. And everything that He has given us is for our good and for the kingdom of God. And so you say, man, there's some hard stuff in the Scripture. There is some hard stuff in the Scripture. And praise God that it's through the Holy Spirit that we can walk in obedience of His Word. Church, if you truly believe in the gospel, in Jesus, you're going to submit under his lordship. If you have truly submitted under his lordship, you're going to come to a place. You may at first as a a new believer say, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know, but I truly believe in Jesus. You're going to read his word and you're going to find out real quickly. Nope. This is 100% the absolute truth given by God. breathed out for us. His love letter to us. You're going to submit to the lordship of Christ and in doing so, you're going to Believe, trust, the totality of his word. You remove one piece, one piece of this, and you find yourself not truly believing all of Jesus. The word became flesh. Church, Let's just go a little bit further. True belief leads to a submission of the Lordship of Christ. Truly submitting to the Lordship of Christ means that we believe God's holy word. But not only do we believe it, but we what? Obey it. You know the old saying, if you have a chair up here, I can tell you all day long that I believe that that chair will hold me up. But until I put action to it, do I truly believe it? If I truly believe that God's word is true and right and pure, then my obedience is going to show that belief. Now, I'm not proving this to God because God knows my heart. And the only way that I can even walk in obedience of his word is by the power of the Holy Spirit that came about in my life through salvation. The word of God says... But there is none good, no, not one. That leads us to be poor in spirit. Do you remember at the beginning, Matthew 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God? God's word tells us that our sin requires a wage, a punishment, and it was paid by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Let me tell you something. When you are submitted to the Lordship of Christ and you're reading God's word and you see the sacrifice that it required for your sin, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You may not remember from a year ago, but we looked at that verse What are we mourning over? We're mourning over the sin that separated us from God. It was our sin that placed Jesus upon the cross. Let me tell you, if we had never sinned, if there was no sin, Jesus would not have gone to the cross because there would have been no reason for him to go to the cross. Church, when we understand that true submission to the Lordship of Christ is believing this and following this, then we're going to live out the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The scripture tells us that we're sanctified by his word. His word is truth. And how are we sanctified by the word? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. As we're growing in Christ, church, in that moment, what do we begin to see? We begin to see the sanctification process that can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hunger and we thirst for righteousness. We say, God, I, 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 I'm going to lay down every bit of me, search me and know me, show me any evil way about me. Not so I can sit there and say, oh, I've messed up again. That I can repent, lay it down, and say, Father, use me because I want to look more like your son every day. So church, as we examine our heart today, true belief, confession's easy. Look in the south, everybody's confessing, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a Christian. But true belief will lead to a submission to the Lordship of Christ. Truly submitting to the Lordship of Christ will be believing in the entirety of God's Holy Word. And believing in God's Holy Word will lead to obedience in our life. It's the sanctification process that is taking place. So church, let me go back to the question. Have you truly confessed Jesus as Lord? Have you truly believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? The scripture says many will say on that day, Lord, Lord. Many will say, and I will say, depart from me. Because their hearts were more focused, are focused on religion and proving that they were good enough just like the Pharisees. But those who do the Father's will, they will enter into eternal life. What is the will of the Father? For you to hear the Word and to believe and to trust. I want to close by sharing with you what I share. And I did this about five weeks ago, but I want to share with you what I share at Celebration of lives, We have seasons here at Luke 4.18 where we have multiple of them. Some of you don't know what I mean by a Celebration of Life. It's a funeral. But I like to call it a Celebration of Life. And I, if not always, it's, I feel like it's always. Maybe I haven't once or twice, but I often share And I point down to the body and I say this person has done something that none of us have done but one day will. They've stood before the holiness of God. And the only way that they're able to stand is not on their religion, not on their church membership and I'm their pastor speaking that. Not on their good works. Not on their charitable giving. The only way that they can stand is in the righteousness of Jesus. The scripture tells us that Jesus bore our sin on the cross that we may be given the righteousness. His rightful standing before God. I ask you today, you can kick the can down the road and say, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to examine my heart, but you will stand before the throne of God. And you will give an answer for your life. And the only answer is a true confession and belief in Jesus Christ, in the blood of the Lamb that was poured out for you upon the cross. Don't leave today deceiving yourself by being assured any other way. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me, except through Jesus. But church, I want you to hear as we examine our heart today, We've got to go and share with others the difference between religion and relationship. If you just simply ask somebody, hey, are you a Christian? And you're like, okay, good. Like, hey, they prayed this prayer when they were young, but they had no understanding. They had no belief. They had no trust. Hey, I'm a Christian. I was born into Christianity. Well, the scripture says you were born into sin. Church, we've got to begin here in the South. Letting people know the difference between religion and relationship because there's a lot of people that are going to be shocked one day when they stand before the throne. And can I tell you, it's going to be too late. There's a lot of people that check off the mark of religion in our society. But their hearts are far from Him. I pray today would be a day that first that we would search our hearts. Do you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah? And as we do that, that we would go forth and share with others the truth about a relationship with Jesus Christ.